You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. The power of positive words on The Game Changers today. Hi, Dale Dixon with you, your host, and on the line, Jason Jennings. So good to hear your voice today. Uh, it's great to be with you again, Dale. I always look forward to these. So we're going to open what we call, you know, if we go old school, we're going to open the mailbag and we're going to talk to us about some folks who have written in via email and they have either accessed it straight through the website and they filled out the form of have sent a question to questions at jason-jennings.com. We encourage listeners to do that, but we're going to dive right into this today and I'm going to read to you what we've heard. Uh, Jason, he writes, I love the new podcast. Podcast. Love the yellow checker cab story and the book selling story where you received a million dollars in commercials. Of course, for me, it confirms the power of radio once again. And we're just taking radio to the next level with these podcasts. Uh, let's see. Also love the seminary professor counseling you out of going to seminary. My dad was a Lutheran pastor. He counseled me that if you can stay out of ministry and have peace about it, stay out. I think a great Bible verse for you who does so much communication around the world would be the Ephesians 4.29, which reads, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful in building others up according to their needs. So with that said, it was more of a statement, Jason, but we want to talk about this idea of the power of words, and you're a communicator. Uh, What would be your response to this gentleman who wrote in? Uh, His name's Roger Jacobson, by the way. Okay, so when I got this from uh, Roger Jacobson, uh, and he asked me if I knew Ephesians 4.29, I did not. Uh, I, I, I must admit, I'm not really that good on, on things uh, uh, in the Quran or in the Bible. I'm just not that great. But if, I, of course, went and looked it up, uh, and, and I couldn't help but smile, uh, where it said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful to building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I thought, wow, I mean, is that something for all of us, uh, whatever our religious heritage, to aspire to? And it reminded me of, a, of something that happened to me not long ago in Australia. Uh, I was in a hotel in Sydney, Australia for, I guess, probably six, seven or eight days. And uh, my habit was every morning I'd walk through the lobby and uh, they had the long front desk and there were always several women working behind the front desk. And I would say, good morning, ladies, and they would all say good morning, and then I'd go into the restaurant. And after about maybe four days, uh, as I walked the lobby and I said, good morning, ladies, how are you? And everybody said, fine. One of the women said, "Uh, Mr. Jennings, could you come here a moment? And she kind of took me down to the end of the front desk, and I said, yes, what can I do for you? And she said, "Uh, don't you ever have a crappy day? And I said, excuse me? She said, you're just always so positive and filled with positive energy and are so nice. Don't you ever have a bad day? And I said, well, of course I have a bad day. But the the challenge is this. Uh, I would never let anyone know uh, because half of all people wouldn't care. And the other half of all people would probably be happy I was having a bad day. And and, and so I really thought about Roger's words. And I I think there's a lesson for all of us in this in all of our uh, going out and all of our coming in and all of our actions. Uh, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Why? It's a, it's a waste of time. Uh, all of your talk should be designed to building up others. And then that reminded me of something that happened to me just earlier today. I'm getting ready uh, to do a speech uh, for uh, Chevron. 
And uh, this will be a group of a couple of hundred very large distributors for, for Chevron. And as part of my speech preparation, uh, I've been interviewing a number of these people. So I was on the telephone, uh, and I have to be careful about using his name because I don't have permission. But he's the CEO uh, of a big distribution company in Nashville, does a couple of hundred million dollars a year, has been at it for a long time. And uh, I said, so as we were coming to the end of the call, I said, what, 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 what is your greatest thrill? And he said, my greatest thrill, he said, why do I do this? He said, it's very, very simple. He said, I've got 200 people here. He said, do you have any idea of how much joy I get out of watching these people grow, growing professionally, growing personally, growing in terms of income? He said, there's not one day that a half dozen times a day, I don't sit back and think, Am I lucky to be surrounded by all of these growing people? And he said, I'm probably coming close to an age where I, I should retire. He said, I, I, I've got a few more years. And he said, but the thing I can't let go, the thing that I'm struggling with, is I get so much joy out of, out, out of watching these people grow and helping these people grow and helping these people reach their full potential. And and so then I thought about the conversation that we were going to be having today because the two really go hand uh, in hand. Uh, it is true that great leaders uh, don't let unwholesome stuff come out of their mouths. And, and the other thing is, uh, it's also true that great leaders uh, take the greatest amount of pleasure in watching other people grow and, and, and be developed and, uh, and, and achieve their full potential. And so, uh, Roger, thank you for your question. But do you have any others? Well, I, I was going to say, and continuing on in that vein, if you have listened to this podcast for any time at all, that tends to be a recurring theme. I think about your stories about Newcore Steel and about a banker in in Wisconsin or Michigan. You told the story in several podcasts yes. ago. And so much of what those leaders who are doing incredible work in their industries do is build those up around them, and they love to see their people succeed. Well, listen, there, there's an old German phrase, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the English words, uh, to the effect of uh, in, in uh, Germany and Switzerland and Austria, uh, they don't bury people in their coffins in street clothes um, because they're probably not going to be going anywhere. Uh, they actually bury them in a shroud. And uh, so they bathe them, and then they wrap them in a shroud and put them in a casket. And, uh, and, and there's a great saying, shrouds have no pockets. Uh, I mean, none of us are leaving this world with anything, are we? Uh, we're not. We're not going to take our money with us. Uh, we're not going to take uh, the the money we we've earned throughout our living or the money that we've uh, accumulated throughout our lifetimes. So, what greater thrill could there be uh, than helping others uh, achieve their full potential? Uh, I, to me, that's the object of the game. Truly a legacy when you look at it. So great words of wisdom out of Ephesians 4.29. Uh, next question comes from Bill in New Jersey. Where do you get the ideas for your books? <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. Uh, uh, but there's actually two places, and I'll be very quick in the response. Um, Adrian Zakheim, who is my publisher uh, at Penguin Putnam, uh, told me a number of years ago, he said, generally, your next book comes from a discovery that you made in your latest book but didn't have an opportunity to fully explore. Uh, and I have found that extraordinarily uh, helpful uh, throughout the years. And the second thing uh, that we do is this. Uh, it, it takes a couple of years uh, to do a book. Uh, it's, it's about six to 12 months of research, uh, minimally, 
and then it's about six months of writing. And then the whole copy and editing process, copy editing and uh, idea editing and legal editing takes about six more months before it comes, that book comes out. So it's about two years. So what you always have to do is, is you've got to make an educated guess as to what the world is, is going to be looking like uh, two years from now. Uh, is the business world going to, be, uh, is going to be about growth? Is it going to be about profits? Is it going to be about productivity? Is it going to be about speed? I, I, what do you think it's going to be about? And so I, I think it's a bill in New Jersey. I think it's a combination of both of those things. Um, uh, wh- what discoveries did we land on for a current book? that we didn't have an opportunity to fully explore, and plus then trying to make some kind of an educated guess, because I don't read tea leaves, uh, about what the business climate might be like in two years. Hope that answers that question. So I'm going to ask the question, what are you working on now? Wow. Um, <laughs> I I, I, I don't the want The interviewer's to, uh, prerogative. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to jinx myself uh, because we just wrapped up the deal. And I seldom talk about my books uh, until they're ready to come out. But I'll, I will tell you this. Uh, my very first book was uh, about speed. Uh, that's, that's the book that made everything possible. It's not the big that eat the small. It's the fast that eat the slow. Uh, that, it's now been 12 years since that book came out. Uh, what passed for speed a dozen years ago uh, would pass for a horse and buggy today. Uh, today, competitive advantages and speed uh, is being measured in in minutes and days as opposed to months and years. So I'm not prepared to give you the title. Um, I have one, and I love it. And uh, you can ask me in the future about it, but I will give you the, the subject. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to this whole subject of speed, and instead of doing a strategic book uh, with big ideas, it's going to be more of a tactical book with, uh, you know, here are the 300 things that you can do to be faster in your organization. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. So give me another question. I love these. So our next question comes from Arlene at PNG. You have mentioned Coke Industries in a couple of your podcasts and in a speech I heard you give. I agree with your research findings, but this is one bad company. Why did you include them in a book? And she doesn't define bad, but that's the right. question. Right. Um, well, first of all, uh, I, I, I don't believe that uh, Coke Industries is, is a bad company. Uh, in fact, I think they're an absolutely incredible company. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Coke Industries, based in Wichita, uh, Kansas, it is uh, either the largest privately held company in the world uh, or the second largest held com- privately held company in the world. They and Cargill seem to exchange places every couple of years. Uh, they do about $130, $140 billion a year. Uh, they employ about 100,000 people. And whenever anybody tries to tell me that Coke is a bad company, uh, what they're really saying is I don't like the right-wing uh, Republican politics of Charles Koch, the founder. Uh, to which I would respond as follows. Um, Arlene, um, I, I cannot allow uh, politics to be a litmus test for inclusion in one of my books. And it's possible uh, that many of my politics are, are different than those of Charles Koch. It, it's possible that many of them are the same as well. I, it's not important. But politics uh, will, will never be uh, a litmus test for inclusion in one of my books. But I would also say this, uh, you may not like the individual who is using his prerogative uh, of of spending his money uh, to support Tea Party and right-wing causes, 
Um, but you cannot fault the incredible business units uh, that he runs. He's built this company from $400,000 a year in annual revenues to $120 billion in annual revenues. And one of the guiding principles is we will have 10,000% compliance in everything we do. So this is not a dodgy company. This is a company whose ethics uh, can be held up. Um, it's, it's really an incredible organization. Uh, all right. So our next question comes from Mike Lyles, and uh, he writes it out. And this is a, this was one of the f- most fun podcasts we did. WTGBRFDT. What an awesome acronym. I have anxiously waited every Monday for your weekly podcast, and I absolutely love them. This one acronym and your story around it really changed me. I'm applying it now and applying it both at work, at Lowe's, and my personal life. Thank you again for sharing this. By the way, I ordered every book you have written. Can't wait to read more. Keep up the awesome work, uh, Jason, Mike Lyles. So, uh, Mike, more of a statement, but uh, a great opportunity for us to remind the listeners, if they haven't heard the podcast, uh, you need to go back and listen to it. But once again, WTGBRFDT, what does it mean? Well, what it means, first of all, I like this guy. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like Mike a lot. I especially like that part about I'm going out and buying all of your books. I, I, I like that a lot. He's my new best friend. Um, those initials uh, stand for what's the good business reason for doing this? Uh, and it came from a woman who was the CEO of a bank uh, who had grown their shareholder value by double digits every year for 42 years. And I, I write about this bank in a couple of my books. And uh, she looked at me one day. She was known as being notoriously cheap. And it turns out she was not cheap at all. But she said, we, we do have a question that we ask here. And uh, before we make a decision, uh, whether it's buying pencils or building a new headquarters building or buying a corporate airplane, I mean, whatever the decision, large or small, is what is the good business reason for doing this? Uh, not what is the ego reason for doing this. Or not, why will this make us happy? Or why will this make us feel more important? Instead, it's a very cold-hearted, what's the good business reason for doing this? And if there's not a good business reason for doing something, then it's not worth doing. And it's a great guiding principle. I think what Lyle touched on in this is what's, uh, what Mike, excuse me, what Mike Lyle's touched on in this is what so many people have realized in listening to this podcast and then applying that principle. It's hard to do but it's easy to remember. Uh, it is easy to remember, and it becomes easier to do as time goes on. Do you, do you have one or two more questions? You know what? We're at 15 minutes, and so Uh-oh. we're going to hold off. We've got two more questions. But those are two questions that we can dive off into and get deep because they deal with listening and some of the listening skills that are required to be a game changer in your industry. So we're going to pick up on those next time, but we would, at the same time, love to hear your questions. We have a lot to answer over the course of the next several weeks of podcasts and uh, throughout the course of this. You know what? This is episode number 21. Jason. Wow. Episode number wow. 21. So wow. we're doing some uh, great work. It's a lot of fun. If you want to send a question into Jason, you can do so at uh, questions at jason-jennings.com or you can also find the link there on the website on the podcast page at jason-jennings.com and then don't forget once you listen to a podcast be sure you go into iTunes and rate it and leave a review when you rate it and leave a review that gives iTunes more reason to push it up higher in the business category which then lets more people see it and hear it and 
really, going back to our first question, gives them an opportunity to be built up because of the great information that Jason Jennings is providing. So with that, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, Dale, it's been great being with you again, and uh, I always love spending time with you in these podcasts, and I look forward to the next one. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.